The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable, and surprise everyone, I'm in the studio right now with Sean Mines, who is back for the first time since January 20th or so, 2019. It's been a while. It has almost been a full year since you've been on the podcast. Yeah. Older, wiser. Definitely. Walk the world a bit more. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you feel that you've been hollow and empty since your last appearance, or has it, has it felt like a year since you've been on? It doesn't feel like it's been a year since I've been on, and I don't think I recognize the giant hole inside of me until I got here right now. And just missing it. It's a lot of fun to be here doing this. Absolutely. It's good to be back with you in studio. Today, to everyone's just excitement, I'm sure, we're talking about the OK Boomer phenomenon. (laughs) But before we do that, I'd like to encourage you all to continue to share and subscribe the show. We are available absolutely everywhere you listen to podcasts. Keep sharing us. Keep listening. All right. As I said, we are talking about OK Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Which, if you are a coherent human that observes culture, you probably are aware of this phenomenon. And us, as millennials in general, who are lofting this supposed insult, we're going to talk about it, and uh, we'll try to be, I guess, fair and balanced and talk about the Boomer perspective, I guess. As best we can. As best we can. And also, you'll get some flavors of generation x and how they've been left out of this entirely (laughs) i didn't even think about that so right off the bat okay boomer is a meme essentially and it is describing the battle between the baby boomer generation and the millennials and we would like to say that the boomers in case you aren't aware those are the individuals that were born roughly between 1945 and 1965 and sean the history teacher would you like to tell us why they're called the baby boomers yeah, so after World War II and the veterans get back, there is a lot of um, doing it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they miss being here or something. And uh, they all got married and just started families. The economy was pretty good. So um, they could really support some families um, and just had a whole lot of kids. An absolute massive amount of children. We were talking earlier since we lunch together now we talked about this and uh, we were roughly describing how boomers can't be quantified or grouped in a single manner it's a very diverse generation Uh, we talked about how if you're born in 45 you were coming of age in the 60s and flower power and all that stuff and if you're born at the end towards the 60s you were coming of age in the late 70s and the 80s and obviously if you're aware of the decades there's a huge difference in what the world was like so when we talk about these generations, we're talking roughly, we're being stereotypical, and that's the same thing for millennials. The difference between you and I and Abby, our regular host, it's it's massive, you know? So when you hear us talk about these things, just take them for what they are. We're not referring to literally everyone in the generation, just the idea of the generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking, like, my parents were born in 51, both of them. One in a suburban St. Louis setting but a very conservative religious upbringing. And then my my dad from more of a rural background. So you have variations even within like where you are in terms of your generation 
rural, urban, suburban settings. It's just so much variation to uh, such a large group of people. The generalization is something we can use. But yeah, like you said, can't pin this to every person. But generally, it, it does work. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll roll off those generalizations more or less. So where this derives from, and the, the whole purpose of the show is to talk about millennial issues. And we've talked about before how we get hated on a lot fairly and unfairly for a variety of things. And these are the things specifically from boomers that millennials receive, uh, getting chastised for our participation trophies and how we kill industries like Applebee's and napkins and cars and you name it, we've killed it. Eating avocados, uh, being, <laughs> being soft, being weak, being addicted to technology, being entitled. These are all things that have been said to us. And I I mean, I'm not going to dispute that. I've heard elders or just society in general tell me these things, and I'm sure you have as well. Yeah, it's definitely something you hear, and like they get pinned on to the generation, but I mean, I don't know. There's a lot more boomers than there are millennials, and those industries are still dying, but right. I guess we're not doing that yet. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, so pinning <laughs> them. Can I tell a joke you might want to edit yeah, out? no, you, put it in. You mentioned avocados. What eye disease do avocados get when they get older? What? Guacoma. Oh, ooh, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Fantastic. It's about older things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. In response to all of these criticisms from boomers or just older generations, uh, millennials like to say back to boomers that they're out of touch, that they mortgaged our future. They've blocked our careers because they've stayed in the workforce so long. They're resistant to change. They deny uh, climate change, a variety of just traditional conservative opinions that they still hold that contradict what the millennials and Gen Z specifically uh, believe in. And like some of those are fair criticisms in both directions. Like millennials may be soft. Maybe we are weak. Maybe the boomers are resistant to change. But these debates have been going back and forth for a while. And then in the last several years, the phrase, okay, boomer emerged as just a quick little comeback to the doings of baby boomers yeah i was just looking i don't know how long it's actually been around but i saw in the news where chloe swarbuck mentioned it i saw it on twitter and i'm scrolling my feed here okay boomer i'm adding that to my lexicon november 7th is when i first saw that and usa today had run it so it had to be around prior to that <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can tell you where it came from. They have traced it back to the year 2009. Whoa. Someone on Reddit in whoa. that forum busted out the OK Boomer, and then it got picked back up again in 2015 on 4chan, which is a filthy place, and then it really became popular this year, courtesy of TikTok, your favorite app, Yo. <laughs> and a song apparently on TikTok, I don't know how this works, by Peter Callie and Jedwill. I don't know what this is. I'm showing my age here. Uh, but yeah, apparently TikTok brought, brought the OK Boomer thing back up. Yeah, I think I saw that video. It's like something making fun of like old women and the OK Boomer. Yeah, we'll have to ch check on that one. It was hilarious. I was watching a U it was a YouTube video of like boomers reacting to TikTok set to the song. It was it was hilarious. Like some of them reasonable perspectives on it. most of them reasonable perspective, but yeah, okay, so it's been around a while, but really okay, I feel pretty good 
that this year is when it started to absolutely i'm sure it floated through the internet in the last decade or so but it, it didn't hit the big time until rather recently and i would say even we're behind as far as the show is concerned of talking about it but it's still something i mean i hear my coworkers say it i hear kids say it i hear kids say it to millennials at school because they don't understand how old we are uh just <laughs> yeah. misusing it but it's it's part of our lexicon at the moment uh, i got this quote from vox here about the phenomenon they said, OK, Boomer implies that the older generation misunderstands millennial and Gen Z culture and politics so fundamentally that years of condescension and misrepresentation have led to this potentially tense rebuttal and rejection. And that's pretty much what it is. It's just a rebuttal to uh, what millennials and younger people feel as the criticisms from boomers. And I mean, it's nothing more than that. However, as we talked about earlier, baby boomers, some of them are taking it as if it's a, a massive diss. Yeah, I saw the reaction to that and it was it was like okay calm down snowflake like it was just total madness the response the uh the okay boomer is the equivalent of the n-word right which is wild i mean uh, i i don't get it i was gonna say i get it i don't get it no. i don't get that comparison at all at no point when using that phrase do i feel that it's intended to be that harmful no where it's related to words that we won't say on air right yeah dismissive definitely a retort definitely but an insult I w that would be going too far to say that somehow it is an insult and again from my perspective this might really hurt some people's feelings but man i, I don't know that i could go it's definitely nowhere in in word range we can say boomer Absolutely. We say, okay, boomer. Also, oh. it's just you're you're citing someone's generation, essentially. And you're doing it derisively, undoubtedly, but it's just stating their generation. It's like you calling me a millennial and being like, ha-ha, millennial. It's that same idea. Yeah. That's been going on forever. Yeah. Eat some Tide Pods. You know? <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Uh, we've come to a point, and I'm sure this is, we talked about this as well. This has been going on for a long time, but where you can just point at someone, call them their generation, that's an insult. Yeah. Yeah, that was new. As I started to think about you know, some of the more historical elements of this, and yeah, this generation thing is, it has become a new way to divide people. Ageism, almost. I generally think of ageism working against old people elders older people sure old people we'll be there one day i guess we could take offense to old people True. Then. but that's how i generally think of ageism as being like oh you know you're too old to do something but really it would work in the other way and i just had never considered it like you could be too young to do something but i mean that idea has been around for a long time for a long time but this like calling out a generation and that generation sticks with us now more and this is what i was thinking about it it's like millennials are just full-fledged adults at this point so like boomers and millennials are in the same peer group because we talk about <laughs> i guess generally speaking adults you know, we're all adults here. We, you know, that type of phrase. So we're in the same peer group. But that millennial dig, that holding millennials to like a a, a childish, like a view of them as being childish, us as being childish, that's stuck around longer than what I imagine it's sticking around before. Because we talk about how 
Gen X gets lost in this. I mean, there's they're just not included in the in the debate in the conflict. In in a way, I guess we've let them grow up where millennials have been kind of cordoned off, sectioned off as being childish, and it's just stuck with millennials longer. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. I don't know if a lot of people realize how old millennials have gotten. Yeah. <laughs> not to be like insulting to our generation, but we are getting old. Like the oldest millennial. I am the oldest You millennial. are the oldest millennial. I'm not going to call you old, but you are a full-fledged adult <laughs> by far. I'll say it. I'm 38 years right. old. Right. Like you're pushing 40. Yeah. And I don't think if you're not necessarily in this generation or paying attention that you realize that you think we're the young whippersnappers that are 18 years old and yeah. like not working or living on the, in the basement of our parents. house. like, we're not that anymore. We're, right. we're, we're owning houses. The, the youngest of us are pretty far into college at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let millennials grow up or just yeah. see us as that. And I think that you're right about generation X of how, they're not in that boat because they they realize like, hey, Generation X is. I mean, some of them are in their fifties, et cetera, and sixties. Mm-hmm. Like they are accepted as older. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Will we ever get to the point where? I mean, I it's going to happen at some point. Boomers are dying faster <laughs> yeah, and faster every say, day. Eventually, so. they won't be here anymore. Right. Yeah, it it makes me wonder about future generations. You know, Gen Z is the one that people are thinking of as being millennial. Still, they are the teens. They're in the high in high school and even in middle school. So Gen Z is is the next up and coming generation. And it makes me wonder about how they'll be perceived and how they'll be judged and how that will carry with them into uh, into the future. And again, maybe it all stems around this economic decline. Maybe it won't be a thing anymore because the economy stabilizes. Like we can't predict the future, but that could have an impact on it. Um, And that was a big part, I think, of what really kind of hurt millennials. I agree. We came of age or got out into the world at a a rough time. Absolutely. And I think you're right how we're perceived and how we uh, are staying at home longer and aren't buying houses and aren't having kids and all of this stuff is part of economics. And that could be an issue. It will be interesting to see if we do keep a stable economy as Gen X or sorry, Gen Z comes of age. Um, I don't envision a Gen X, Gen Z battle in the same way. I think if anything, it will continue to happen that boomers will group us with Gen Z and just hate us all or continue <laughs> this because that's where it's at now because yeah. Gen Z and millennials, I don't think we're divided and divisions take time, but I, I think we're grouped together quite a bit. But yeah, I wonder the next generation they don't want to call it alpha because they think that's going to cause problems yeah. mentally. Yeah. Uh, we are generation alpha. Right. So they're, they're going to come up with some name for it after uh, the one after Gen Z. So the kids that are maybe your kids, would they fall into um, that? I, I, I want to say my youngest, I want to say Pierce does because he is four, four and a half. He'll tell right. you. Yeah. So I think he's in there. I'm not real sure of the cutoff and the sociologists will shift that around Absolutely. and everybody will have a different year. I, I wonder though, if, what what will happen when we are in the boomer spot? Like, are we going to start? Are we going to be that out of touch? Are we going to... Yeah, and you're shaking your head. Yes, yes. yeah, probably we yes, are. Yes, we will. There will probably be these similar things that happen every couple sets. And um, I think, like you said, economics and just how big a generation is and all these different things go into how likely it is that there will be intergenerational battles. I went back and did some research. What did the silent generation or the greatest generation think of the boomers? And it was 
some of the same things because the silent generation, they pretty much spoiled the boomers in a way because they, they came back from war. Uh, the economy gets better. We're going to help our children be the best they can. And of course, they go off and they find free love and drugs and all kinds mm-hmm. of crazy psychedelic stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, the old the old folks, they didn't like that. They thought that was obscene and disrespectful. And it's the same general feel of how boomers yeah. view us now. Right. And then think about what happens then out of the 60s and 70s. You get, you know, they're in your teenagers, 20s ish, 60s, 70s. By the 80s, you're getting into, uh, like, if you're 20 in 1965, that would be the earliest boomer. Uh, you're 20 and 65. You're 40 in 85. By 40 in 1985, these become the the yuppies that really, they, they switch from, and I'm just going to steal uh, an idea from a book called Bobos in Paradise. I actually pretty much hate the thesis. It's David Brooks, who is a commentator for the New York Times, NPR and stuff. Pretty well-respected guy, but the book drove me crazy because he had this view that, you know, the proletariat, the... 60s rebels then become the bourgeoisie in the 1980s so you get this shift in mentality and and he pointed to that being something unique to that particular generation and i've long held the view that you know these these generation things adults are always going to look at teenagers and early 20s as being some kind of like immature radical upsetting the the norms and the traditions that you know well by golly we've done this for 40 years but yeah because you started that when you were a teenager so the new teenagers are going to upset that balance but then by the time we get into our 40s or some of us me like 25 like what a nerd you know uh we start to develop the norms and we start to settle into society we own homes like you said and uh they did the same thing they went from being these radical uh, hippies to being just business people, business owners and family people in the 1980s. And now they're just older. So they've lived their whole life doing these things that have become customary and traditional to them. And they think that's the way that it should be done because that's the way they've always done it. But like generations, I, they, they just don't work. They're not going to just accept the way their parents did it anymore in such a fast pace changing society where technology changes so quickly if i had to learn sheep herding from my dad and berry picking from my mom like i just take that and there wouldn't be a generational struggle we'd all just be in this together and we all got to make sure we got enough berries and and sheep so that we can survive the winter type of stuff like you know hunter gatherer type but that's not the world anymore changes too quickly moves too quickly so yeah we will definitely be in this boat where we're looking down at like you call this music you oh, know that's the classical yeah, yeah absolutely that's the go-to i mean think about elvis right i mean that was 55 so that's even like pre-boomer generational shift there uh, and and started to criticize the music changes and music choices and things and so far i'm still like I like some of the new stuff, you know, so I'm not there yet. Definitely. That makes me wonder a lot. I don't dispute that we at some point will become gnarled and old and set in our ways and think generation alpha or whatever, just buck wild and crazy. But do you feel 
I kind of feel this way that technology has kind of allowed us to stay in the loop a little longer, like our comfort with it. Like we grew up more or less in the technological age. I feel those having to make that jump that's a harder sell of like, oh, this is still cool where I don't know, maybe it's because I haven't reached that point yet, but nothing that emerges from culture really am I too like triggered or bothered or. It'll be the rejection of your culture, though, that will be the thing that gets you. Some of the studies I've heard, and I don't know how they come up with this stuff and like raise my eyebrow to it. But if it is true, then this would be how it would be offensive or maybe just disturbing to us is that. Generation Z, I've heard people say, I haven't seen it yet, or Generation Alpha, yet to be named, may reject the technology uh, in favor of human connection. Uh, And if that happens, it would be harder for us to get that. Like, why always want to go hang out with your friends? You know, why can't you just be home in the basement playing video games? (laughs) Right. That's a fair point, because I've heard this a lot as well. And part of me is kind of excited for that. But I I could see it, you know, if you have a bunch of kids that are truly resistive to the convenience or whatever that technology provides, that'd be an interesting, man, what a weird thing to rebel against, but yeah, that could do it. Well, and because uh, that was the thing is like, the more progressive each generation gets, the more, I say liberal, but I think it's going to carry too much of a connotation with it. But just the advancement of the idea, the thing that would be repulsive would be, that's too heavy a word as well. The thing that would make us, no, maybe repulsive a little bit, is is a rejection of those things. A conservatism, a cultural conservatism that would kind of defy, like, well, we we taught you to be, you know, free thinkers, and we taught you to be, you know, all the, all these different things, and, and then it's like, well, we don't want to be that. Like, well, why not? It's awesome. Like, you should be, you should, like, go and do, and no, 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 that's not us. Like, and again, I'm just projecting a, a possibility, but, and again, maybe not. Maybe they just keep going with the flow. I mean, right. there's always been an app that has kept people connected. So I, I have faith in the technological community that it will be able to enslave us continually to our devices. I mean, TikTok's new and everybody's on that. Like, right. So uh, again, just a just a thought of how that could play out. Yeah, if you studied human relations and society changes, that would be that's an interesting conflict because you're right. Typically, younger generations rebel and they want to be the opposite of what their parents were. But now we do live in an enslaved technological society, so maybe that'll that's an interesting a war there between those two factions. We'll see how that turns out. Where would you rank millennials at as far as the rebellion? Like, what exactly are we more wild than the boomers? Because all the stuff I hear about the 60s and whatnot, that seems absolutely buck wild, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't have anything like that in my my formative years. Yeah, and so, I mean, you think things like Woodstock as being a, a formative historical moment, like a landmark, there were hundreds um, there were tens of thousands of people i don't know the exact number uh but but relatively small considering the rest of the whole generation so so if you look at kind of those like most rebellious as being the extreme the the avant-garde of the generation i don't know that i can think of millennials that kind of push that element so much uh at least as much as what that culture was maybe maybe some of that stuff had has just set in 
But don't millennials like have less sex than other generations? Like I thought I had heard that somewhere. Yeah, that's always disputed. We're definitely having less kids. I don't. The sex thing is always argued, but I think uh, we're delaying having sex for the first time. Those type of statistics, I do believe, are accurate. Well, even like smoking and drug use, like in general, I think those things are are down. Like, fact check me on that. This is not a news show. Um, Sure, but but no, like things like divorce. There's a lot of things that people would class as societal ills that we have brought down we've killed these as well so so it is like a flattening out of kind of these these rebellious tendencies maybe that's why we're soft perhaps man this just gets it's weird because yeah you look at the stats and for the most part we're a pretty good batch of humans yeah but yeah, we're trashed on constantly pretty sure crime rates were super high when the boomers were in absolutely their teens and 20s that's more a symptom of there being so many of them than it is, I think, that they are bad people. But, you know, like, you look at the numbers, it doesn't hold that millennials are some kind of, like, horrible thing, some kind of creature that's out destroying society. Like, it, does, it doesn't seem to be that way. They just can't get jobs. Exactly. Or used to not be able to get jobs. I'd be interested to see like where they are now. Like, yeah, it was hard for a while. But, right. But I, we're doing okay. Yeah, given where the economy's at now and whatnot. I mean, it's not perfect that you still have people drowning in student loan debt and a variety of other issues. But for the most part, uh, a lot of us do have jobs. And I don't know. The more we talk about this, the more OK Boomer seems like a fitting thing to say to people if you're getting trashed on. Yeah, I, I loved it. I did. When I saw it, I was like, oh, like, it was too good. I missed an opportunity to use it, though. It was Thanksgiving. I'm not going to give any details. There's no way he's listening to this. So two Boomer family members sit watching uh, Live PD, which is a horrible show. But it is something that, like... Every one of my boomer relatives watches. So I don't know if that's a thing that they do. They grew up on cops, you know, like, and they're talking about, there was a, they were in Baltimore and there were gunshots, police officer, and they had like tackled and got this black man arrested. And they're like, yeah, you know, goes to show type of thing. It was like, well, borderline, like I'm very uncomfortable with this. So I said something like, yeah, I don't like this show because it just, shows you people and we presume them to be guilty and they're like well he did it you know they caught him they got his gun like and they're saying this stuff on the tv so i'm like yeah that's the point they are presuming his guilt for us all on tv and here we are watching this man who we should presume is innocent according to our you know standards and laws and at the end of that particular segment it came up as like he's charged with murder in the first degree and they're like see Okay, boomer. <laughs> well, I, I missed it. It yeah. wasn't there. I was too. I was too like. I cannot get into a debate here on Thanksgiving. Like the turkey's almost ready. Like, uh, but yeah, that was the kind of thing. It's just like, okay, boomer. Like, if you want to think, no, I should. I, I feel really bad because I should have. In this case, it would have been very appropriate <laughs> because what they were doing was horribly wrong and mistaken. Because you know the. Just because you're charged with something does not mean you are guilty of it. That's not how our court system works. And they just wanted this poor man to be guilty. All right. I'm with you. I find myself, as you know, our, a lot of our leaders in our job 
I don't want to get too too deep into this, but they are boomers, some of them. And sometimes they say things that would just be really highlighted with an okay boomer from the crowd. Okay, boomer. And I wouldn't be shocked if I heard one before it's all said and done. I'm waiting for a faculty meeting. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I'm waiting for an appropriate opportunity. Yeah, maybe you'll be the one, maybe I'll be the one. I don't know, but it's... Yeah, I, I don't get the backlash on it. it. It's almost like OK Boomer to the OK Boomer phenomenon. Just taking it way too seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know what to do with it from that. I'm not opposed to it. I'm, I'm full on in support of OK Boomer. Yeah, I was trying to think about like where this stems from. like Because the retort of OK Boomer, in a way, is a response to an attitude of of elders, it's like, respect your elders. Like, we know better than you. It's like, well, do you? Because, like, and that's where, like, the rebel in me starts to come out. The, the Gen X, you know, maybe a bit in there. That where It's just like, well, you know, like, like the things you mentioned before, like, they put us in, into a predicament with some of the stuff that they're doing and continuing to put us into predicaments because, like, well, they know, they know best type of a thing. And, like, there's a certain wisdom that comes with experience, but to have that lorded over you, like, no, we've got all the right ideas and you should just do things like us, it, it is closed-minded, but not particular to boomers. I'm, that's going to be every adult. Like, what's it? We will be there right. one day. Yeah, because times change. Like, what you're saying of the old people telling us, like, well, I worked through summer and that paid for my college. I don't see how you're such an... Like, it's... You have wisdom. Yeah, you live through these things, but society and the world is so different mm-hmm. that your experiences just don't apply anymore. And, and that's what I was thinking was, like, there's not an attempt of understanding, or at least from most older generations, to really understand what younger generations have gone through and what their experiences are, because their wisdom could be really useful if they could like pay attention and figure out how to apply it to current situations and the experiences of younger people. But there's a lack of wisdom that comes when you can't apply your knowledge. Like I think that's what wisdom is, like applied knowledge. How do you use your knowledge to better people? And it's not like heckling, you know, people so that they, you know, just will do things like we do. Yeah, we've done it the right way all this time and stuff. Like there's a different way to go about doing things and like things change and some are worse than others. There are some boomers and even Gen Xers who are very in touch with what's happening. And that I think is the true wisdom. That's easy to respect. That's the kind of thing that a millennial wouldn't be able to say, okay, boomer to a boomer can like recognize what's happening. Like, Hey, I'm in touch. I see what's going on. Hey, let's see what we can do. I've been through some stuff. Let's see if we can help it out. Yeah. That uh, made me think it'd be great if, I don't know if it'd be great, but if people just in general live longer, I was thinking, what was the last generation that went through like a serious economic terrible situation and it, it would be the people that went grew up through the depression mm-hmm. thing of my great grandmother born in 1905 grew up in yep. the depression i feel like the millennials and that generation could jam pretty well together mm-hmm. i mean it, again different scenario but like knowing the struggle all that stuff and it, it's like 
it's not even an every other thing. That was a couple generations through there, but yeah, there's always going to be that conflict because the boomers were out of it. They grew up in a relatively economically great time and had what they needed to and were supported and whatnot. And it's just, you can't really relate. And we can't go back and get the wisdom from that previous generation that went through that because they're all long dead at this point. Our interactions with them were few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be silent generation? I think it was. I think it was silent greatest baby boomers. Yeah, I think you're right. So my grandmother was born in 1929. So right at the edge. So she she was young during the Great Depression uh, and the war. The greatest generation would have been fighting World War II. Right. So is it greatest silent boomers? Yeah, so it goes greatest silent boomer. Okay. And so when is silent? So silent was 1925 through 1945. Okay, yeah, so that's my grandmother, pretty much to a T. And, like, she does, like, she does understand a little bit. Man, this is just fascinating. Because, like, grandmothers always seem to get the grandkids. Right. And I don't get my children at all. (laughs) Like, already. Right, Like, Jackson's 12. (laughs) And it's like, what are you doing? This is weird, you know. Maybe they're, like, like, maybe it does, in a way, skip a generation or two we might have too many generations now or just depending on where you fall but yeah my my grandma totally understands like she talks about like going through the depression and having to go to buy chicken necks to boil and soup and stuff which is to an extreme like it's almost respectable to a millennial because like it wasn't that bad like well dang you know like during the war and the rationing and stuff right they went through some stuff and that's the kind of thing that I think we've lost is like an appreciation for people who've gone through something worse than us. Because like in some ways boomers had it better, a better economy. I think for a while there, like they could have the expectations that their children would go on to do better things than what they did. And I don't think that's true necessarily for millennials. Like the struggle is real. Which is really fascinating. Like we don't have that identification of struggle that we would with a previous generation that struggled more but with our with our grandparents or great grandparents that would still be there so call your grandparents yeah absolutely uh, i'll revise my earlier statement about my great grandmother who was in the interbellum generation so i'll just completely change that that's a weird connection that's not a generation i've ever heard of but yes yeah, so people that went through a struggle and you could almost balance it out with every other uh, the silent generation squeezed between the gener- greatest generation and the baby boomers. I kind of think of them as like Gen X, just kind of like forgotten. I mean, silent generation. No one talks about Gen Xs. And then greatest generation boomers and millennials, the ones in conflict. And we can relate more with the one before the boomers because they went mm-hmm. through the struggle. And then they were able to make the boomers life pretty good. And then they couldn't make our life good. And yeah, I don't know. It's just up and down. I'm sure someone's explored this, but it's an interesting relationship between... These groups of people. Yeah. It's blowing my mind. It's making me consider reality in different ways, historically speaking. And I thought to Plato or somebody back in ancient Greece talked about how the children were so terrible. Every generation thinks that of the generation following them. It's like, man, they're not as good as we are uh, type of thing. And so I try to think of equivalent OK Boomer statements from previous generations i only got as far back as the 90s and the best i could do is just whatever just whatever right like as a retort it's like 
a dismissive statement when someone's trying to tell you like, Hey, you should do, you should try this or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. just like, I don't, I don't care what sure. you're telling me. I'm disconnected from this. So that was, that was the nineties. That's as far back as I got. So I would be interested if there was, since this generation gap has been identified that the experiences between kids and their parents or kids in older generations are so different and the conflict between that, we kind of point that out in the sixties, uh, as being a beginning of that, or even like the fifties, you think kind of rebel without a cause type of movies that where parents just don't understand what their kids are going through because it's way different growing up in suburbia than it is in, you know, dust bowl, Oklahoma. So that generation gap, but, but I stretched that back to the twenties. I'd be, I'd be interested to see there was a sexual revolution and a freedom revolution in the twenties that was interrupted in the thirties by the depression and the forties by the war that picks straight up again in the fifties and sixties. So we like to separate that out when we look at American history, but the twenties and the sixties are just the same phenomena happening. It all stems from industrial revolution because really, and and some of the laws from the early 1900s where we start to say, you know, you can't have child labor and these things where, where we start to basically legislate childhood and we get things like teenagers, (laughs) They begin to exist. Right. It wouldn't be separate. You know, there wouldn't be a generation gap if when you turned 13, you went to the mines or you went to the factory to work. You would just be an adult. You'd probably start drinking and swearing and, you know, doing. you'd just be an adult in the same hardship as everybody else. Early 1900s, kind of industrial revolution through the 1800s. But you start to see this growth of the middle class happen. And then all of these generational phenomenon are really a result of industrialized society and then like because we don't share experiences anymore like i said earlier it's not like parents are just teaching them like if you don't know how to hunt if you don't know how to farm you will die and so there's a connection there like you have to learn from the people who've done it before because you're not going to go strike out on your own and farm on a hillside right. uh, you're not rebelling against that yeah from your parents you would die right so I think it was probably less, but man, even like ancient times, like kids had to be rebelling. We read, I mean, Kota Hammurabi or Ten Commandments, uh, like there's some ancient literature about how children should behave. Sure. And it's just, it's just the same where kids are, they don't know how to behave and they have to be taught how to function in society. But there seems to be a difference. I'm not making an equivocation. That is still true today. But there's an extra element now with our society with a generation gap and just how fast things change that really creates a lot of conflict and a lot of misunderstanding. And you said it earlier. I think that's where this whole OK Boomer stems from. It is a response to what feels like an attack or not being taken seriously where the millennials, okay, boomer, it's like, you're talking, I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't, it just doesn't register. And so it's a dismissive statement. Like you're saying your words over there and I'm over here and there's no connection between us. So how can we get this to end? Okay. Boomer. Insightful stuff. Uh, final thing. And I don't know the validity of this, but generations typically are around 20 years or so. And that doesn't even do it justice. But as you 
I pointed out several times, like things are changing so quickly. And the idea behind a generation is sort of shared experiences and shared parts of society. Does that change get so quickly in this next realm where like generations are five years long, where it's like the change is so significant that you are a different person or are they just going to stick to this 20 year deal where uh, it's the difference between you were born in the horse and buggy age and you, (laughs) you died with a cell phone connected to the internet. Is that just how it's going to be? Yeah. See, when I was growing up in the eighties, I was pretty sure that a generation was 33 years. Um, And now it's down to 20. So, I mean, the age of acceleration, Thomas Friedman calls this the age of acceleration, Post-2006, 2007, iPhones, social media, we are in an age of accelerating change. And so, yes, I would say it would have to until that stops. And so, like, what could make that stop catastrophic economic or political failure uh, could make that stop. A, A generational shift that rejects those things that seems less and less likely, like we had said before. So, yeah, the shortening of generations. I mean, I could I could see it reducing again. Twenty years seems short already, uh, right? But a real a real likelihood because we talk in world history. You talk about hundreds of years spans of time, and the continuities and connections between those, and that gets harder in the present because, like, I think we can make general continuities within the last couple couple hundred years at the best, like. We can't even do that. Yeah, that's scary to think about. Fifty, like when you put it in terms like that, just the amount of change that have happened since the year two thousand, yeah, and comparing that to eighteen hundred and trying to group that as a segment of time. Yeah, well, that was like my my grandmother. You know, we talked about her nineteen twenty nine. I mean, air conditioning and telephones in your houses, and like just and now like the internet and stuff. That generation, like ninety year olds. Uh, if you can find some of them, talk to them. It's incredible. Like we think we've seen changes, but like computers in our pockets. I mean, you think about what we've seen change. Computers in the classroom. Like for me, that was, we didn't have computers. Like oh God, our Commodore sixty four. You know, like sure. let's say what you know. Like we've seen some change, but I don't know. Like this, the dramatic amount of change that like my grandmother and her generation has seen has been incredible. I don't. I, I think probably yeah. Change is coming. It's coming fast. I don't want to be that guy that predicts like, oh, everything that has been invented is invented. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. Uh, but it seems incomprehensible at this moment that things could go much faster. Right. There's so much anxiety in the world now, and and you know I, I feel for the boomers. I mean, they are suffering from the same anxieties that we are, but with experience that is no longer right. useful, relevant. Sure. Yeah, they're I mean they're lashing out because they want to be they want to be relevant still. And millennials want everybody wants to be relevant. But yeah, so much change and like we see it in the world like even around the world, we got democracy movements in the Middle East and China now and but then conservative reactions and authoritarian places. pullback in a lot of places, yeah. Yeah, it's just the world at the moment is in upheaval. And people don't know how to deal with it. And we're taking it out on each other. I guess that's what sheep do. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's wild. I just looked up out of curiosity what the projected time frame for Generation Alpha was. And they have that already ending in 2025, which 
if that started in 2013, yeah, that would be a 12-year cycle. <sighs> yep. which I don't know how they do that but I, without seeing these groups of people. But, I mean, we're five years away from Generation Beta or whatever. Like, it's going quick. Yeah, that's remarkable. I, I just almost incomprehensible. I'm getting too old for this. I don't know how to really wrap this up. I'm kind of mind blown. If you start thinking about this too long in like the course of human history, <laughs> I don't know. It's like weirdly exhilarating and depressing all at the same time. I really don't know what to do with myself, but okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I'd like to thank Sean for joining us for this conversation. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to this. It was fun. I really like talking about this stuff. I'm going to go read Wikipedia pages about the lost generation, which preceded the antebellum generation. I have a lot to learn tonight. So. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those things I'd never heard of before. Definitely. It's fun stuff. Check it out, folks. Definitely. Thanks for listening. Oh, song pick of the week. Almost forgot. You got one for us? Yeah, I do. It's Christmas time. And so I wanted to go. Kennedy was playing Carol of the Bells on the piano, but I want to do the Trans-Siberian Orchestra version. I have to. Oh, yeah. That is an epic tune. Yes. And I have been on record saying I hate Christmas music, but that that's a bop, undoubtedly. Yeah. I can get behind Carol of the Bells for sure. I'm going to go with something, obviously... Exactly opposite to that, called Hot Girl Bummer by Black Bear. Uh, that is an a not child approved song, so do not play that after Carol of the Bells around your family. Merry Christmas, family. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Check us out next time. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>